Welcome to the Truth and Godliness Podcast, where we seek to be a voice for sound doctrine and biblical Christianity. Here is your host, Pastor Brian Evans of 5.7 Community Church in Detroit, Michigan. Well, hello and God bless you. And thank you once again for tuning in to the Truth and Godliness podcast. And we're going to jump right into today's um, subject um, because there's so much ground to cover. But today I want to talk about the subject of false teaching within the church. False teaching within the church. And I especially want to ask the question, When do we confront false teaching? When do we call out false teachers within the church? At what point do we do that? And I want to tell you why it is I, um, why I'm asking this question and why I am taking a look at this subject. Right now, currently, we are dealing with a serious threat, I believe, to biblical Christianity today in the form of the woke critical social justice movement. This is a movement that originated within the secular academy, but you have now uh, Christian leaders and pastors and teachers who are seeking to syncretize this critical social justice teaching with Christianity. And I see this as the importing of false teaching into the church. However, there are many within the church who would agree that this stuff uh, is not biblical and that uh, they they would agree that teaching these sorts of things is concerning, but there seems to be an unwillingness to address these teachings. There seems to be an an unwillingness to call out those who are seeking to import these secular ideas into the Christian faith. But then also there seems to be on the part of these who are unwilling to confront this teaching, there seems to be among them um, some frustration and a lack of patience with those who want to confront these false teachers. And I believe one of the reasons why is because many of the people who are trying to import these false teachings are people who have been recognized to be sound evangelical leaders and teachers in the past. Many of these preachers have been faithful men in the past. They have done some good things for the body of Christ. They have, uh, on the outside, by all intents and purposes, uh, have appeared to be good brothers. Notice that's why I said we're talking about false teaching within the church. We're talking about false teaching coming from teachers who are within uh, our own churches and within our own denominations, who appear to be good brothers, who appear to be people who have done good things for the body of Christ. And so for that reason, there are many uh, who, though they recognize that there's something that is uncomfortable with what they are trying to teach, there is an unwillingness to confront them because it might appear divisive or it might Uh, appear to be unloving. There is this great concern to always play the moderate position, to, uh, to take the middle ground, to find some kind of a third way, 
You know, there's this great concern to be winsome and to be friendly and we have to be nice. Uh, a certain preacher that I listen to, he, he talks about how within the evangelical church, there is this 11th commandment, thou shalt be nice. And there is this, uh, there's this preoccupation with that today to where we don't want to call out people within our own camp for teaching false doctrine because it, uh, it doesn't look nice. And so my question is, um, is that uh, a true Christian concern? Should we be more concerned about being winsome and being nice than we are concerned with defending the truth? And so that's why I ask, at what point are we to confront false teaching? Well, what I want to do in the little time that we have in this podcast is I want to take a look at some of the verses in, in the pastoral epistles. The pastoral epistles are Paul's epistles to uh, Timothy and Titus. Um, in these epistles, Paul is addressing how we are to behave in the church, the household of God. He is addressing issues pertaining to the church. And when you look at the pastoral epistles, it's clear and it's obvious to all who, who, who look at it that with Paul, it seems that the number one issue he's addressing here is false teaching within the church. The main responsibility that he lays out for Timothy and Titus is the responsibility to guard the church from false teachers, to guard the church from false teaching. I mean, let's just look at that for a minute. I, I just want to, I want to look at some of those verses because again, there's this idea that we just have to be winsome, that we need to be moderate. We need to be nice. We can't, uh, we shouldn't uh, uh, call out brothers, uh, good brothers uh, because of our differences. And we, you know, we just need to give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that they'll, that they'll straighten some of their misbeliefs out. But I want you to notice something that Paul talks about here uh, in the pastoral epistles here. First of all, sound doctrine, biblical teaching, is something that we are to consider as a sacred trust. Sound doctrine is something that has been entrusted to us as leaders within the church. Again, notice what he says in 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge, what charge? The charge that he gave to Timothy to command some within the church not to teach any other doctrine. He says to Timothy, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Notice this. He tells Timothy that this charge to defend the truth against false teachers is a charge that has been entrusted to Timothy. That word entrust is an important word there. To entrust there, it carries the idea of committing something to someone, committing a deposit to someone 
for them to keep and guard. And so he's telling Timothy that you have this responsibility as an as a as a commitment something committed to you in order to guard and keep safe and that is the integrity of sound doctrine within the church again notice another passage passage where he mentions that in uh first timothy 6 and 20 and first timothy 6 and 20 notice what he says old timothy guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Notice that. He tells Timothy, and, and notice, the, notice the passion there. Notice the emotion here. Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. And what is that? deposit that was entrusted to Timothy, the sound doctrine, the apostolic teaching, the teaching which Paul had committed to Timothy. Again, that famous passage in 2 Timothy 2 and 2, I want you to notice what it says there. He's telling Timothy again, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice. He's telling Timothy, what you heard from me, the, the apostolic teaching, the gospel, the sound doctrine that you heard from me. He says, entrust it to other faithful men. Notice that it is something to be committed, to be safeguarded, to be protected. The sound doctrine is, 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 is a deposit. The idea here is that the apostolic teaching is 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 a whole teaching that is handed over to the church for the church to guard it and to keep it we are it is committed to us and so right there it, it shows you that there is no uh there is no space for for neglecting here there is no space for allowing uh, people to tamper with and distort and pervert the teaching. This has been committed to us to guard and keep. And so again, brothers and sisters, we see that here in in the Paul's um, uh, epistles to the to the pastors here. And so therefore, if these teachings are to be entrusted to us, then that means we are to fight to preserve these teachings. We are to fight to preserve these teachings. We are to do what Jude said in Jude 3. In Jude verse 3, it says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That word contend, it means to fight. It means to fight. And what does he mean by contend for the faith? The faith, again, he's not talking about your personal faith in God, your personal believing and trusting in God. By the faith, he's talking about the teachings. He says that in the next phrase there. He says, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Again, that deposit, 
that that teaching that has been committed to the apostles and entrusted to them, which is to be entrusted to other faithful men who can teach others. Notice he says that this faith was once for all delivered. In other words, there is no other teaching to be given to the church. There's nothing to be added to this. There's nothing to be taken away from it. It has been once for all delivered to the saints. And so what does he tell Timothy? He tells Timothy that we are to wage warfare for the sake of this truth. Again, look at uh, 1 Timothy 1.18. The verse I just read, he said, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Can you wage warfare by focusing on being winsome and nice at the same time? You ever seen somebody, I mean, if if somebody breaks in your house, you're a father, and someone breaks into your house, and again, your wife and your children has been entrusted to you, and that's a good illustration of what it means to have something entrusted to you. Something entrusted to you is something that is under your care, under your watch. As, 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 as husbands and as fathers, your wife and your children are entrusted to you. If a, if a thief, if a criminal breaks into your house and threatens the safety of your wife and children, are you going to focus on being nice and winsome? No. And that's the idea here that, that uh, Paul is trying to set forward to us with regards to how we are to deal with those who oppose false teaching. He says you are to wage the good warfare. And it's clear that he's talking about fighting false teaching. Because when he says this charge I entrust to you, he's referring back to the charge given in verse 3. Let's look at that again. What is the charge that he gives in verse 3? Let's look at that again. In 1 Timothy 1 and verse 3. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, Remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. You see that? And notice here, this is the first thing that Paul tells Timothy with regards to what to do in the church there in Ephesus. He says, I urged you and I charged you to charge some not to teach any different doctrines. You see that? And so now jump back down to verse 18. This charge, what charge? The same one I gave you in verse 3. To command certain people not to teach any different doctrine. He said, I entrust this charge to you. Or in other words, I give to this to you as a, as a trust. And he says also, um, you are to do this in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you. He's talking about um, the spiritual gifts that were given to Timothy to be a pastor and a leader in the church. That by them, by what? By these spiritual gifts, you may wage the good warfare. What good warfare? The good warfare of guarding the church from false teaching. So again, brothers and sisters, the whole point is this, sound doctrine, which is the apostolic teaching, 
has been entrusted to the church and particularly to the pastors and leaders of the church. It is entrusted to them. It is committed to their charge in order to guard and keep. And in so doing, they must be ready to go to war, to go to war for this. It's a warfare. It calls for fighting. Again, notice what it said in uh, in um, in First Timothy six and twelve. In First Timothy six and twelve, he tells Timothy to fight the good fight of the faith. To fight the good fight of the faith. What is the faith? Again, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He told Timothy, fight the good fight of the faith. Another important scripture, again, in Titus. I want you to notice what Paul tells Titus. Now, here, and this is an interesting passage, because Paul is giving Titus some instruction about what to look for, the qualifications to look for in elders. Here is one of the qualifications that all elders must have. Titus 1 and 9. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. This is a responsibility that all elders have. All elders. They must hold firm to the trustworthy word. What trustworthy word? The sound doctrine of the apostles that was once for all delivered to the saints. And not only must they hold firm to it, he says they must be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. They must be able to teach this sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. We must be willing to rebuke those who contradict the sound doctrine. But now here's a here's a question. What exactly is um what exactly is teaching that contradicts sound doctrine? What exactly is the teaching which contradicts sound doctrine? Well, first of all, let's be clear about what the sound doctrine is. We need to be clear about what this sound doctrine is. First of all, look at 1 Timothy and uh verse 10. He's going to tell us what the sound doctrine is. Well, first of all, we already know that the sound doctrine is Paul's teaching. When he says in verse 3 that you are to command some that they teach no different doctrine, or he says charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Different than what? The doctrine which Paul taught. The doctrine which all the apostles taught. But we need to be a little more clear about that because, again, false teachers are subtle. They are deceivers. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And so they will uh, uh, they will use the same vocabulary at times, but they will pour different meanings into those words. And so we have to really be clear about what the sound apostolic doctrine is. Again, look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He says, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, watch this, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, 
Okay, what is the sound doctrine? Verse 11, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted with. So he says that these sinful things here that he just mentioned, they are contrary to sound doctrine. And what is the sound doctrine? He says it is in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. Now, some of you might say, well, I thought the gospel was the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's true. But what does the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ point us to? It points us to the glory of the blessed God. You see, the great thing about the gospel is that it reveals the glory of God. In beholding what Christ has done in the gospel, we see God's glory manifested. There's another passage which bears that out in 1 Timothy 3 and 16. Well, let's back up to 1 Timothy 3 and 14. In 1 Timothy 3, 14, Paul says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how we one ought to behave in the household of God which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. So he's telling Timothy, I'm writing this to you so that you might know how to behave in God's house or the church. And what is the church? The church is the pillar and buttress of the truth. I mean, that's, that, that's good enough reason to oppose all false teaching right there. The church is the pillar and buttress of truth. How can you allow false teaching in an institution that is meant to be the pillar and buttress of the truth. But now he's getting ready to tell us what this truth is. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. The truth that has been entrusted to the church is the mystery of godliness. That's the sound doctrine that Paul has been talking about. What is this sound doctrine? Which Paul calls in, and we just read it in verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 11, it is the, the, the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. Here he calls it the mystery of godliness, and he goes on to explain it. He says, he was manifested in the flesh, or God was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. This is another way of describing the glory of the blessed God. Why? Because in the gospel, God was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. In all of this, the glory of God is manifested. But here's the other thing. The sound doctrine of the gospel the sound doctrine of the gospel, which reveals the glory of God in the person and work of Christ, it leads and tends towards godliness. It tends towards godliness. Notice what he said again. He refers to the truth, the truth which is entrusted to him, which we are to entrust to others, the same truth which the church is a pillar and buttress of. He calls that truth the mystery of of godliness. What is godliness? And again, this is important because if you notice what Paul is doing in the pastorals, 
He's making this distinction. Sound doctrine tends towards godliness and a different doctrine, heresy, false teaching, doesn't. It leads to empty speculation as opposed to godliness. For example, go back to that original verse again in chapter 1, verse 3. Go back to the original verse in Timothy 1, verse 3. I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Notice, the different doctrine consists in myths and genealogies, which promote speculation, as opposed to the stewardship from God. I like the phrase that the King James uses, godly edifying. That word stewardship, it has to do with order or, or, or the orderly arrangement of a household. I think the better translation of this is one that we find in, in some translations, which, which translate this as the work of God or godly edifying, godly building. The idea here is that sound doctrine builds up in godliness. It is the stewardship from God. It is the building up that God ordains. And this is consistent with what we just read in Titus, I mean, Timothy 3.16, that it is the mystery of godliness. Again, notice it in 1 Timothy 6 and 3. Notice it again in 1 Timothy 6 and 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine, there's that word again, and does not agree with the sound words, there it is, sound doctrine, of our Lord Jesus Christ, there it is, the gospel. The sound doctrine is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. And the teaching that accords with godliness. So this is how you know what sound teaching is. Sound teaching promotes the uh, promotes God's work. It promotes God's stewardship, which is what? Godliness. False teaching promotes speculations and questions and myths which are useless and profitless. Why are they useless? Why are they profit, profitless? Because they don't build up in godliness. And so here's the thing. And we're going to lay this foundation today and we're going to come back and, and explore this in some more detail in the next podcast. Man, 30 minutes went by so fast. Sound doctrine is what? Sound doctrine is the apostolic teaching. The words committed to the saints, particularly the words of God, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that were committed as an entrust, as a trust to the apostles, which is to be entrusted to others who may teach other faithful men or entrust it to other faithful men. This is the sound doctrine, the teaching of the apostles. This, this sound doctrine, it is the doctrine of the glory of the blessed God. Because it focuses on the gospel. It is the gospel, and it is in the gospel that the glory of God is manifested. It is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ.
It is the mystery, the hidden truth of the gospel concerning the incarnation of the Son of God and his redemptive work. This gospel tends towards godliness. When we rightly understand the gospel, when we rightly understand the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ, which glorifies God, it will lead us to godliness. And again, what is godliness? I like what somebody said before. Godliness is basically Godwardness. It is a Godward life. To be godly is to have reverence towards God. It is piety towards God. Godliness is the attitude out of which worship and obedience and service to God stems from. And so any true teaching is going to be apostolic, is going to be the apostles' teaching, is going to center around the gospel, and it's going to be Godward. It's going to point to the glory and worship and reverence of God. False teaching, heresy, is a different teaching. It is any teaching that is contrary to that. It is any teaching that does not center around the gospel and that does not tend towards the glory of God. Paul calls it empty speculation and myths because it doesn't profit anything. It doesn't build up in godliness. And I want to look at that in a little more detail in the next podcast. But the reason why I'm going this route, because when we truly understand what sound doctrine is, brothers and sisters, then we understand why false teaching must be confronted. There is no, there is no compromise here. We must fight the good fight of the faith to preserve the apostolic teaching. And any teaching that is different from the apostolic teaching, any teaching that does not center around Christ and that does not tend towards godliness, we must fight against it. We must wage war. Because the true gospel has been entrusted to our safekeeping. And so till next week, brothers and sisters, God bless you. You have been listening to the Truth and Godliness podcast with Brian Evans. To send us a message, drop us an email at bevans at 5.7.org. That's the B Evans at the number five, the word point spelled out, the number seven dot org.